Today's program has been brought to you by S. Wallace Edwards and Sons, third generation cure masters producing the country's best dry cured and aged hams, bacon, and sausage. For more information, visit SurreyFarms.com. This is Mike Edison, host of Art Senses and Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, please visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. About music with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes. Oh man, welcome to Snacky Tunes. Summer is here. 
Greg, you do not have your sleeves. That's like that's like my Groundhog's Day for summer. As soon as you, I, I can't see your sleeves. I know it's officially here. Uh, that was just pre. Who will be live in studio a little bit later, all the way from DC, all the way from DC, and uh, in studio right now is Chef Marcus Amosin. Welcome. Thank you for having me. How cool is this? I love this setup. Yeah, it's uh, now you've been on the the radio show before, but you've never been in the studio, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, this is the first time, and uh, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Roberta's and everything that sort of happens from the food, but also the culture around it, which I really love. I like the flower store now, like the little flower. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, in the same way that what Roberta's has done for Bushwick in this area, mm-hmm. you have done for Harlem. Yeah. And uh, it's always going to be centered around... Um, a restaurant or a scene or things like that. You've mm-hmm. done the same thing uptown. Yeah. No, Roberta was a huge inspiration for me when I opened Red Rooster because I'm like, you know, if they can get people to jump on trains or have people just walk around from the neighborhood or have people come in town cars, it doesn't really matter. But they came to this one place and then saw the rest of the community. Uh, and I think we start to see communities through first through the restaurants now maybe in the 80s it was maybe clubs yeah but yeah. now we start seeing them through restaurants so yeah red rooster has been part of that in harlem and roberta's definitely been part of that for bush it's really interesting you say that because like i do think it's it's bars but you go there you get like a little like 50 seat restaurant and yeah. like a little person maybe like the it's like a little wood structure design is a little bit and that's and be like oh like well we can eat here so we'll mm. move here mm. and like providing like a small community where people like don't have to travel yeah. and have you found like establishing that sense in your restaurants has like really helped spread the community to a, a larger area yeah i mean i look at our restaurant as a, as a water hole like all restaurants i mean if you think about the word restaurants it means to restore community right mm. and i look i think about that so that for me means hire locally but also means to bring in the artisans in that community so a lot of we have a, our nook area that is not open at night but that's where we have our pop-ups you know mm-hmm. that's where if you are, can't afford a hat store, but you can sell hats at Red Rooster, mm-hmm. or if you have an eyeglass, eyeglassware company, you can come to our... So it's really about, you know, make this water hole yeah. feel the rest of the, the rest of the community can sort of be uploaded there. That's amazing. Yeah, that aspect of inviting people who can't necessarily afford space, but giving them space mm-hmm. to allow them to build and get off the ground. Like, I mean, who does that? You know, except well, for you guy right here, no, it's happening yeah. right here. No, but I'm saying, but yeah. also allowing your community to grow. Like, yeah. we'll give to you because we've been successful. Yeah. We'll give that to you, so you have a chance, and like, you know, you can piggyback off of like what we've done. But it's also, you know, we have in front of the restaurant, we have all these, which is a Harlem tradition, right? When you go to 125th Street, there's always the guy selling something, yeah. whether it's yeah. soap or whether it's. So I remember a real community level of success measurement for success for me was when. You know, the West African guy started to set up Tupac perfume in front of my restaurant right. and sold yeah. fake Obama shirts. I'm like, that's a real <laughs> sense of they understand right. that there's traffic. That's like the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay, great. Yeah. Right. Sell your wares in front. I yeah. have at it. Yeah. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and then now we're, you know, so so the measurement points, when, you, when you're off the traditional grid, which this represents, right, you, you can't look for the traditional uh, measurements for success because there are none, right? right. And I, I every now and then come out here to get like sort of a shot in my arm and like, yeah, okay, we're on the right path. What do you think that you can do, even though you're established, do more to provide building community and doing it in the right way? Yeah, that's, that's an excellent question. For, well, first, I, we got to continue to do more of the same because since the restaurant's now almost five years old, yeah. maybe only a handful of those 150 people that worked there now actually was part from the beginning, right? right. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, for 
if you started six months ago, Red Rooster is a place where you can make a lot of money, period. Right. Why should I care about anything else? Right. So I didn't realize until maybe a year ago, like, whoa, this is, whoa, 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 whoa. Our culture is changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I got to go back and talk about constantly, well, who are we and what are we about? So I think it starts first with us to reinstate that and then constantly be very open to non-traditional media, what happens mm-hmm. locally, like, because they're not going to be found in the traditional media, right? right. So, yeah. like, hey, whoa, whoa, what, what's that sign at YMCA or what's going on over there or who is that new, new rapper that's, you know, it's not. And, and it's, it's taking a lot of shots yeah. and everything's not going right. to stick. Yeah, but that's, that's the way that you build. That's the way that you yeah. grow is being allowed to fail and to have a community that you can support and also take risks with. Yeah. Um, do you feel that it all sort of coalesced with the Harlem Eat-Up? Uh, with the festival that happened a few weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, the, the festival was really something that... It, 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 I wanted to build it when Red Rooster opened, but yet I just didn't know enough about it, right? right? So I thought, like, well, let's wait a year, let's wait a year, and then eventually when I saw the range of the sort of... You know, if you think about Patsy's and Rails and Sylvia started in Harlem, right? right. But so has... Uh, you know, Gin Ramen thought it was a good spot. Right. I love that, right. you know? And they're not, like, going to say we're born and raised in Harlem. They never said that. They just came with a good ramen shop, you know what I mean? So right. that is, you know, that's equally interesting to present, like, Charles um, uh, Fried Chicken with next to Gin Ramen, next to the next Italian spot. And it wasn't, an, uh, honestly, until sort of this year that we can actually, hey, here's a breadth of diverse restaurant yeah. that is uh, that we all know on. But now the larger New York community, you know, come and taste it. I want to. I just want to go back to one thing. When you are reintroducing your like, what defines Red Rooster? Like, if you were to drill it down, like the ethos, what would yeah. you? If I was a new line cook, yeah, uh, what would you tell me? It's like the ethos of the restaurant that goes back to like when, right. from the beginning. Yeah, in and of Harlem, yeah. in and of this very community. That's like it sounds very simple, but it, bo- it essentially comes back to that because. Um, 70% of our staff should be from Harlem. Mm-hmm. And then then it's also uploading the food, right? But it's also the server. But then it's the other things that comes around it. It's actually essentially the spirituality of Harlem because there's a lot of churches and stuff, stuff that comes out of the church. Not just what gets preached and told, but what comes out of it, right? Which essentially is the music, mm. right? That's the core. And then out of that comes also the art, so we're a restaurant just like anywhere else. We're in and of. We'll always be elemental storytellers and musicians, and there will always be uh, artisans in there. So if uh, I'm new and you're going to give me a playlist that defines you, <laughs> yeah. just give us like two or three songs that's on that playlist that's going to get you in the right headspace for the restaurant. Uh, you know, got to start with Mama Thornton, Little Red Rooster. You got to start okay, right okay, there. Okay, got to yeah. start right there. Yeah, and then maybe, maybe, maybe we go into uh, uh, maybe like Rolling Stones' version of that. But then it's also like all the way up to now, it's like young rappers. So it's like sort of defining the sound mm-hmm. what it is right now. And that journey, everything uh, in between. Like tonight we have Winter Marsalis playing at, at Red Rooster. Whoa. But it's, it's, you know, it's also very often. This morning we had a 13, you know, a gospel band that average age is 14 years old. Right. You know, and it's, it's more of that yeah. than the big lead that, that is us, you right. know. And, and, but it's, 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 we have to display art. We have to display music. I mean, a lot of restaurants do not have the luxury of having live music mm. in their, in their mm. actual place. Yeah. How do you feel that affects the whole overall experience? Well, I, I think I 
we couldn't do rooster without music because mm-hmm. it was such a core part of our identity and we never thought about we never started with like how much could we spend because what we charge we you know most of the time the music is for free right uh, and that's a harlem tradition you know the food in the bar very often was for free and the music was for free but you paid for the drinks right yeah and then you had a bucket that maybe passed passed around. You still pass a bucket up there? <laughs> we don't. But you actually, are on on Sundays for lunch, the lady that sings upstairs, she does that. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, and she's 75. She, she can do whatever she, she wants. She can do whatever she, she wants. wants. <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Um, all right. So we're going to play track, and then we're going to come back great. and talk about the new restaurant. Right. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, the new book as well. Yeah, sure. And whatever else you want to talk about. L.A. LA. <laughs> no, that's my journey, man. Yeah, that's yeah. not that's that's yeah, yeah. that's what I'm doing. I will throw some sea salt over my own head. Sprinkle flour to keep Satan out. So you got a new place opened up. Yeah. Street Bird Rotisserie. Yeah. You had a pop-up. Yeah. And that sort of kicked it off. That seemed like a lot of fun. I yeah. Think. How was, long were those lines? Uh, yeah. Two hours, three hours? And it was the coldest day of the year. I, yeah. But I mean... What's, what's the, as an experienced chef, like, how do you manage long lines and like, like, what do you do? It was, you know, it was the coldest day in February, but we needed to try the food. And I was like, I took over this little, nice little Mexican diner and, you know, nobody had to pay. 
It was free food. And oh. the bucket came actually out. And we paid <laughs> the bucket. You go, Maria, bucket. you're right. Yeah. There you go. But I panicked with the line. I was like, I literally panicked. Uh. So I handed out uh, chicken broth. I handed out tea. Oh, man. Uh, but, you know, people had like their own beer and had a great time in the, in the line. So you it was know, fun. It's so funny. New York crowds, it, it's like you're either gonna they're either gonna roll with it yeah and be like hey we're all in on this yeah. or they're gonna be so pissy there's no middle ground there's no middle ground like, oh the food's free the food's free <laughs> okay cool I had to wait two hours the food's free fine <laughs> but it was also a big party which they yeah. sort of like yeah. gotta let it happen right yeah um, um, but so, it was fun yeah so the new restaurant also yeah. up in Harlem yeah um it's, it's Explain it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's unlike anything else in New York right now. Yeah, it's a little, a little rotisserie joint where we have, you know, I just felt like rotisserie chicken is something that is so universal and can also be affordable because, you know, four years into Red Rooster, I feel like there was an audience that we didn't, you know, right. communicate to. So I wanted to have something that was faster and also we can do delivery and takeout with, which we can't really with Rooster's food. And then also more affordable. So uh, street bird rotisserie it is. And where rooster feels very, for me, jazz, gospel, very sort of traditional music, uh, street bird is much more like more of hip hop and graffiti. So it's fun to sort of tap into both sides. Yeah, you, you worked with one of the guys, one of the original graphic artists for Jeff, Def Jam to help yeah. design it, right? Yeah. How did yeah. that happen? Uh, it's one of the things where you just, you just wanted to... Uh, I want. I reached out to a lot of my friends that worked with this, and it's like you got to speak to Say Adams. You got to speak to Say, and Say's been coming to, to the restaurant a lot, to Rooster a lot. And then Say brought Jeanette Beckman that she used to shoot like Run DMC and Beastie back in the days, so and then awesome. that just led to, you know, other things. And you fed them for free, right? We fed them for free. Hey man, <laughs> it works. We've been giving pizza away for free for six years, and people are like, all right, fine, I'll come out. Um, I'll yeah. Come out. Uh, um, so what are some of the dishes uh, that you have there? Um, what can people expect on a menu? Yeah, I mean, for me, Harlem has sort of this underlying of Chinese, obviously African-American, but it's much more diverse than people think. Mm -hmm. So at Street Bird, again, I want to sort of show that, that the, the bird is really inspired by Dominican chicken, essentially. Gotcha. You know, and then we wanted to have some, uh, a shout out to sort of uh, the Chinese food that's been in Harlem for a very long time. They were the only people that delivered with the ch Chinese restaurants. Right. So we have some fun noodles dishes around that. Um, and then also, uh, it's a lot of Jamaica because I think that you know, Harlem has a big Caribbean uh, uh, population. And also, I love that whole vibe that when you think about Jamaica, I think about Africa, I think about China, I think about India, and it's like this shown as a of like, you can never understand Jamaica fully, mm -hmm. at least me, which is a good thing. You shouldn't. Something you dig, you shouldn't understand fully. No, it's always great to be a little surprised. Yeah. Um, now, I know that you have a restaurant in Sweden. Yeah. Have you been able to bring any of these Harlem elements over there, or does it... it is that know what they're looking for at all? Uh, or the Swede? I mean, look, the Swedes sort of just like what the Swedes like. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when we're in Stockholm, we should be a good restaurant in Stockholm community. It's like, yeah. I, I, I feel like the seafood in Sweden is really what carries our restaurant. Amazing. And then the d design is different. But I think the, what it has taught me a lot is this being like hiring more locally, where, whether, you know, when we're in Stockholm, like re actually because a lot of people that come are tourists from America and they don't know where to go next. So I think there's a lot of things that we learned with Red Rooster yeah. that can actually travel. And it's been fun for my staff that some of them didn't have passports and then I've been to Stockholm three times. You know what I mean? That's so, so awesome. So that's been cool. And vice versa, too. Swedish kids working in my restaurants right now having a blast living uptown. 
Any dishes to come out of that cross-cultural exchange? Uh, Gravlax goes everywhere. Gravlax goes everywhere. Gravlax <laughs> will travel. Herring does not. And on one hand, I herring can't travel. And on one hand, I mean, we're travel. Jewish, so like yeah. herring is in our Come blood. On, right? But like, oh, isn't it the herring season now? Russ and Daughters? It, it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Thank yeah. you very much. Oh, I love yeah. that. Uh, and uh, bourbon goes everywhere. So a lot of the cocktails does very well in Sweden. Right. Yeah. And the music, of course. Fried chicken. Mm, not so much in Sweden. Not so much. Yeah, I know that they're obsessed with Brooklyn over there. Oh my God, it is Brooklyn. It is like it's. I mean, they literally have Brooklyn Bar over there. Yeah, like, yeah. and Brooklyn breweries now over there as and, well. Yeah, no, Gareth is crushing it over there. But it's it's fun. What does stick and what doesn't? And you know, when you make a menu, you think, oh, this is going to work. You have no idea. No idea. This crapshoot, and you just live with it. What's know? What's the one dish on either a rooster or a street bird that you're like, it's going to crush, and then yeah. you just had to eighty six it? Well, at at uh, rooster, I had this idea. I mean, I mean, you look at rooster. I actually have a pizza oven, and I was, it was like, oh, I'm going to make this crazy pizza. <laughs> we never served one pizza oh. ever, <laughs> ever. <laughs> so that's the dish. I guess that's the there. dish. That's the dish. The, the, yeah. You need a lot of room to be a good pizza place, yeah. though. Yeah. You need a lot yeah. of room and just uh, yeah. just to get that dough. That was also the thing that kept us back. Like we were like, even after the second day when we were packed, I was like, "Whoa, there's no space here ever to yeah. eat pizza." So we just stopped it for that. That's but it was a good try. The oven is great. <laughs> the oven's great. Well, do you do your bread there? And uh, like, we do do bread. All right. right. So right. Exactly, exactly. There you go. There you go. And we have tomato sauce. So we can yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just try and sneak it back on, like Sunday yeah. night special. Um, so in addition to the restaurant, uh, you had a book came out. Yes, chef. Yes. That I read. It was yeah. Fantastic. Thank you. Great. Crazy story. Yeah. The whole Aquabeat. I mean, yeah. we don't have to get into it. No. I mean, it's not. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> read the book. Yeah. Read the book. <laughs> read the book. But it was just one of those things where, um, you know, knowing your career for so many yeah. years, I, I personally had no idea no. how bad it had, yeah. how it was and how you can essentially somehow lose your name in this yeah. business. No, it's, it's also like our business has changed a thousand times, right? Like when I came here, I came in with 300 bucks. Yeah. I didn't know how you had to lock up your name and I never really evolved. I mean, I can only look at myself. I could have lowered up. I could have evolved a little bit more and think about, oh, there's a whole world out there. Maybe, you know, I should do something about that. And I didn't. So it's like one of these things that that will never happen again. Never. And, uh, you know, you just have to. But when I think about that, how much our industry have changed from, you know, you used to wear like a white chef hat and you can only be a chef by going to France. And, and it's changed so much for the better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we can do stuff like this. We can do stuff like podcasts. We can do, you know, shoot our food on Instagram. Like, it, it just becomes more accessible, you know? Yeah, and you can also just find inspiration everywhere. Exactly. And, uh, you, you know, you can be a small, ethnically very niche-focused mm-hmm. restaurant and be wildly popular. Yeah. Making, I don't know, Korean barbecue tacos mm-hmm. and then just be as wildly popular cool. as some... You know, and you look at all these restaurants like West that's just closing down, mm-hmm. which is like this legendary fine yeah. uh, dining restaurant, and it's the it's there's no rules anymore. But we also look very often. You know, the validations is essentially the the customers, and before we were very much look for validation from other places, right? Yeah. Oh, did you get on that list, or did you? And there's still a little bit of that left, but and that's always good to have something to aspire to. Yeah. But today, end of the day. Customers so much say, and there's so many ways to communicate, oh, yeah. dig it or not, and that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a time across all industries where mm-hmm. the customer has had so much power. Yeah, and I think it's good to keep you everyone in check a little bit. 
It's not a bus stop. I'm like, everybody's like, oh, so now when Roosters is successful, I'm like, what? Yeah. We battle every day. Every day. <laughs> you get up and you're just like, what's going to happen today? Yeah. Um, but you're also, so with the book, you're also doing a kid version of it, right? Yeah, Make It Messy. Make It Messy, which is awesome because, I mean, if you want to talk about one of the biggest shifts is how much kids are cooking these days. Yeah. Like, young like kids. Summer, summer, like, chef camps. Yeah, there is. There's kids, summer culinary camps, Kids too. who could run laps I've, on some chefs. I've seen the good and the bad. And, you know, when we shoot Chopped, and um, that soccer mom now, uh, you know, brings the 12-year-old kid sometimes, and they have an agent with them and stuff like that. I'm like, whoa. Uh, right. But the good thing is also I've had, like, I've been stared down by a 12-year-old, like, you know, I don't agree with your assessment of the dish, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, great, and that's such okay. a great point of view. So, uh, it's great that people are kids are into cooking, and hopefully, it leads us eventually to eating gooder and better. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, I, I never saw that coming. Huh? I don't think I did either. I mean, it was funny because back in the day. The holy grail of like TV shows was like a kid cooking show, and no one could figure it out. And now, was it uh, Master Chef Junior? With, yeah. like, it's like one of the biggest shows, the biggest following. And those kids who win go on to have insane careers. Yeah. At fourteen. No, we have uh, tomorrow. We have Master Chef Junior from Sweden eating at Red Rooster, and it's a big deal. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how did that become a big deal? That's a good, it's a good thing. I hope he's gonna like the bird. Yeah, you know he likes the bird. It's like <laughs> at fifteen, like growing up, it's like at fifteen. You're lucky if you can, like wash dishes at a nice restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's it's that just shows how how much steak it's at food, and we, sh- you know, I wish we could go back, and it's gonna sound boring, but I wish we can go also think a little bit about eating with a spiritual compass a little bit more because. You know, we we eat basically on convenience, we eat yeah. what we like, and that's great. But it also changes the climate a little bit. We don't necessarily eat the most responsible. We do not. I mean, and that's also been a shift as well, yeah. is that people have started thinking about just where it's coming from, what mm-hmm. they're eating, and you start to be unable to ignore the science and like what mm-hmm. the reality is of, of what mass consumption like that is really doing to the mm-hmm. planet. Um, and I wish that conversation can be brought up in the same fun dialogue yeah. as, as we talk about all this other stuff. Because yeah. I think it's the only way we sort of going to sort of adapt and actually make, you know, big changes is if we can sort of bite it off and chew it off and don't feel bad. You, you don't have yeah. to feel yeah, bad about it, it. I think it's the same thing that, like, falls in the same conversation about fashion. It's like yeah. no one wants to feel bad about the choices they make. Yeah. And when you make someone on, like, feel bad on, like, on a moral thing, it's like, oh, good or right, that's where people get defensive as more of just, like, an educational yeah. stance. And with, like, young kids learning about, you know, fresh ingredients, farm-to-table, seasonality, it's just, like, it's more just, like, oh, this is just how it is. Mm. It's not, like, a right or wrong. It's, like, oh, this is just, like, this is what you learn from a young age. So you always have a nice salad and nice vegetables that are in season, et cetera. And, like, that's, I think, like, one of the better points to come out of, like, all these young kids getting an interest in food as opposed to shaming adults. Yeah, yeah. But it's also, like, popularity is one of those things that also have huge shift, right? So, like, 30 years ago, sushi wasn't that popular. Right. And now you think about the fish that we eat today, seafood, we eat enormous amount of seafood. That's great. But we still eat tuna, salmon, and shrimp, which yeah. is sort of like 50, 60% of the sa- we eat. If we would eat other seafood, yeah. it wouldn't be as bad. You know what I mean? So it's like you got to, sometimes you got to get through popular. If, if, if there would be, if rinds would be more popular, or if let's say grouper would be more popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes just like we can eat other things. Oysters would even be more popular. I know. You know? 
Well, sometimes people just got to understand they can't have what they want <laughs> when they want it. But then the flip side is, as a chef and as owner, you mm. want to make sure people get what they want when they want it. Yeah. It's, it's hello, America. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Marcus, thank you so much. Thank you so much um, for having me. Where can people go to find all your stuff? Where are the websites? Uh, com. Come up to Rooster Street Bird. We're going to have Mickey and Messi there. And, you know, it's a, it's a fun book that the whole family can, you know, yeah. uh, you know read around. So. And Instagram, Twitter, you're all... All that, uh, Marcus Cooks, and and uh, thank you for bringing me out here. It yeah. was amazing, and yeah. good luck when you move to L.A. I yes. can't see you. And thank you for giving me my start as your intern, yeah. calling intern, God, 11 years ago? Yeah, a long time ago. You oh did my a great gosh. job. Well, thank right. you. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming. Uh, we've got Pre live up in studio next. That you'd be waiting for But when you hold the question back You're, you're holding now But I won't go No, but I, I found an unusual feeling It's something real in the night of your heart And I can't say just what it all means You're a fruit you feeling to pick apart Somewhere, a shelf in Hudson, a shelf just you could reach. And I woke up there but couldn't tell you why I didn't mind it or how much I would wear right here. I, I found an unusual feeling, something real in the night of your heart. And I can't say just what it all means. You're a fruit to feeling, to think apart.
the pie. Oh man. Yeah. Have no idea why you like that band or why you like Bully. It's psych. Uh, welcome back to Snacky Tunes. Welcome, Pre. Pre. How's it going? For hot, little hard hot question. Summer. Hard For, question. How'd you like that pizza? Oh, uh, it was great. Well, thank you for coming. Uh, that white pizza. Yeah. You that think that margarita is going to be the best, and then that white pizza comes out, and it just kind of... You know, white, pe- white pizza is uh, a tricky one. It's either awesome or not awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I actually pretty much hate most white pizzas, well, except for the... I mean, too cheesy, and you know, you're just getting a mucus. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just... I mean, it's very brave. Most bands won't eat pizza before they come play, but I, I admire your courage. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that we, DC, we go deep. Pretty doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, it's <laughs> that DC... The DC uh, the bravery. jumbo slice. That's because that's what we have. We have those. Oh my god! And Adam Morgan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Duchinis. Yeah. See that I've, that's product that's placement. I have, <laughs> I have. I have had a jumbo slice, and it's just sort of. Just I, for the for people to know how big a what are we talking Greg, about? It's jumbo? bigger. Oh, oh god! There's the no comparison. The entire pizza is thirty inches. Okay. And so you get a slice, and it's it's a good twelve. Right. So you're it's like one and a half size of like a normal like New York yeah. pizza. Okay. Yeah, something but like that. But Duchini's is the only one that's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. And like, how you, is it just one, or do you sometimes double up? You cannot double. Oh, Greg, no. Greg, I'm just asking. Greg, it's like three slices in one. Sometimes you're hungry. Yeah. Oh my god. I, it's Most really of the good time. For, uh, okay, I late might night. late night. Yeah. It's the only time to get. Hold on a second. I might have bought two one time, but I regret it. Okay. <laughs> that's because you're you. Like that's. I you're feel, not a real person. I feel like that the jumbo slice is a big unifier. Like you see, like, like indie kids to sorority girls, like everyone in between. Uh, like chowing down on these slices. Although, I mean, isn't so I think I heard once that there was there was like a drag person, drag queen who got like totally beat up by normies in a pizza place in a jumbo slice. Fucking oh, normies. Yeah, I know, right? Goddamn pizza normies. Pizza should be the great unifier. Yeah. Sure. I mean, should be. It should be. Let's we'll uh, track that guy down and make sure we that we you know smother him, up him. On his toes. Yeah. And then in smother him in, in jumbo slices. Oh, yeah. no, instead of like tar and feather, you like sauce and cheese him. <laughs> or something right. like that. I mean, I mean, hot pizza can do a pretty damn. Mm-hmm. Pretty good yeah. damage. Vigilante justice. Let's talk about the current DC music scene because we used to go down there during like the Fugazi days when we were in high school. Oh, damn. And, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and like run through all that you know nation. Four hundred years yeah. and yeah. engine down and all that. Human not you. Human not you. Oh my, that yeah. f- their first album still one of my favorites. Yeah, I got to see them because I'm from Philly originally. I saw them play oh, at the. So are we. Cal- oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, holy shit! Yeah. Wait, you see the Kyber Phil- Pass? No, not the Kyber. I saw them play at um, the Cavalry at like 47th and Baltimore. Yeah. Okay. They oh, okay. didn't normally have church. It was the first time that Black Eyes had ever gone on tour to Oh my god, Black it Eyes. Unf- it was like before their their first record came out and they just had like a single and like the two of them and I was I think I was 17 and it was like 2001 or 2002. You're dating yourself. No, no, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm always dating myself. That? No, I, think yeah. it, I think it was earlier than <laughs> maybe it was around that. Yeah, yeah about then. Whatever, like uh, yeah. basically before uh uh, different damage came out. Oh okay. my god! Yeah. Talk about a great album too. That Black Eyes album. Oh, that, that so, record's awesome. So where's the DC music scene now? Uh, it's mostly um, house show based now, um, as opposed to um, venues. Uh, so the, there's a really great network of houses that are doing um, shows around town. Um, so they're like genre specific kind of house shows, and then others that do like a wide variety. Uh, so it's a pretty diverse scene. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say there's um, you know any particular uh, sound uh, that uh, it's known for, which is kind of cool because no band is ripping off some other band in DC. Uh, yeah. What are some of the houses and the associated genres or the name, the house names? Um, the biggest one that I would say is this one called Paper House that's mm. uh, run by Alex from the band Paper House. He started about four years ago, um, 
I lived there when I first moved to DC, actually, and um, that really started a huge like boom. Because the thing is, everybody in D- like DC is incredibly organized because it's like yeah. the, this bureaucratic nightmare of a city. So it, it kind of like goes into the culture in a really positive way, at least in the DL. Because a lot of DL, like you know, people just don't. Their heart's in the right shit. place, yeah. but they don't know how to organize it. Um, yeah, but DC, every- they don't necessarily always know how to write like. A legit song, but they know how to organize. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier oh, to organize than it is to, like pour your heart out. Fair know? enough. Yeah, but um, no, there's a lot of great stuff that's happening right now. Like um, my my personal favorite thing that I wrote the the sort of avant garde jazz scene there is yeah. really really good. Union Arts. Yeah, and there's this Select thing. Select DC. Yeah, Select DC, which does more like the noise stuff. Like they they brought um, like Container, and there's this really like. Uh, I think Pharmacon did a show through them uh. and stuff like that. But they, they do like all the noise stuff, and it's run by this dude named Josh Levi. And he kind of and they, it all moves around in different places. There's a place called Union Arts. Did you just mention that? that yeah. Yeah, yeah. Our friend Luke, Luke Stewart. Stewart who's, yeah, and he plays in a band called Laughing Man. That's really rad. Yeah. And is it? I mean, are house shows like not overrun like by cops? Or are they like fully organized? Well, no. How does like, it work? Okay. <laughs> it's surprising. There's certain houses that are in like really good neighborhoods, so they have to be done by it 10 p.m. Can't be really good neighborhoods. Like how really good? Dupont Circle. A lot's changed. Oh shit! Yeah. Really? The booze. Oh, okay. Yeah. The booze okay. is. Oh. And, and they just start at seven and end at ten, and they kind of run it through a 30 minute thing, which. You know, we live, we run a place called the Beehive that's like much closer to the paper house, and we'll go till midnight or whatever because it's a separate house and, you know, it's just kind of more space. But, um, I forget what the original question was. Uh, no <laughs> cops. No, oh, no cops. cops. The cops are pretty chill. You know, sometimes they'll be like, hey. They've been doing it at paper house. For, I, I, was, I was shocked because they even like, there was an article written in like the post about yeah. paper house. I was like, oh, it was nice knowing your venue, assholes. Right. Like, why the hell would you right. make it that public? And it was fine. Yeah. It's like no problem at all. So then I guess the the question is what happened to the venues? The venues are still a good place. Here's the thing. Now out of town bands can come through twice, play good house shows, and then other local bands can help them play a good venue show. Because the venues don't necessarily say yes right away anyway. Um, right. And it all depends on what you're doing. But once you can kind of prove like Naturally, that there's fans for that band, right? Then it's super easy to do, and that's happened with Jamaican Queens, like very yeah. recently. Um, and the Dig also bands. came through. Yeah, even yeah. Landlady came through. I think originally at the yeah. Paper House. No, um, at the Beehive. Oh, was it at the Beehive? Yeah, it was at the Beehive. Yeah, and then they were able to play Black Cat. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's definitely a good. I don't know how the venues think about it. Like yeah. on a day to day. It's basis. also it's kind of um, long term. It's a good. It's and it's it's just run in a different way. You know the ven- like like for example like Black Cat. That's such a great venue. Like the Black Cat backstage is a great small venue for you know just like moderate size indie bands. It's the best sounding room I mm-hmm. think in the the city. Um, I mean that's been there forever. Yeah, and forever. it's still great. Right. Yeah, and like it's a great bar. I mean even just as a and bar to hang out at, it's awesome. great. Yeah. And DC Nine is a really really great place to play. Mm-hmm. Because um, from Philly, I was like kind of against venues because I'm sure you play, play like went to the Kyber and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean they fucking suck. They weren't. Yeah, I mean we have a special place in our heart for the First Unitarian Church. Yeah, well that's yeah. different. Oh. And, like, uh, church yeah. is the best. I mean Sean and like R five like no. all that stuff. But Dude, yeah, forty forty the rotunda. Oh man, the yeah. forty. So yeah, you were around for the forty forty. Yeah, yeah. And I we, saw we saw at the drive-in and at the you saw at the drive-in. No, we saw at the drive-in at the church. Yeah, I was I was gonna go to that one. Yeah, and no, we also saw about forty forty with Rye Coalition. Yeah. 
Um, oh man, I forgot about Rifle Ocean. Oh, have you ever seen a man? Uh, why don't yeah, we, that's like yeah. I throw up going to those shows. No, yeah. I, that's different than than for example, like like the Fire, which was like the worst venue. Right. Yeah, I was what? actually just explaining that to them that that was yeah, the place of like sucker in out of town bands. No, come play here. Like, and then then I like my other band would get like, emails like, hey, you want to play at the at the fire? I was like, mm, no, <laughs> no. no. We oh, cool. we didn't. We couldn't book a show. <laughs> Did you try the fire? No, I didn't hear back from them. Um, all right, you guys want to play a song? Sure. sure. Yeah. Even though we could talk like Philly underground basement shows oh, for like man. four hours. Uh, Wait, real quick, what's your favorite cheesesteak? Um, either Jim's. Are we talking about between, are we talking about between Pat's and Geno's? Or no. Rome? Okay, fuck that. Okay, um, I believe it's oh Delisandro's, which is in okay. yeah. Roxborough. That's uh, my favorite. Okay. okay. What What are yours? Tony Luke's. Tony Luke's. Oh, uh, Tony Luke's. And I like Mama's, which is in the suburbs. Yeah, but Mama's is too big. It's too big. <laughs> no, because you can't yeah, get a like... good. The meat to bread ratio is way off. We don't have enough time. Get a bigger mouth. Okay. Okay. Uh, what's the song called? Uh, we're gonna start with High Living. Okay. Great.
fun. Summertime fun. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the new Funner record. Funner time. Funner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shut it down. Yeah. Shut it down. I will say six years of doing this show, I've never heard that pun. So yeah. that's a snacky no, tunes that's first. New. I'm I'm going for uh, you know at least I'm going for the deep cuts. Yeah, deep okay. cuts. Um, so let's talk about the new record, Rima. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, coming out, and uh, let's talk about it. Where's the inspiration from? Where did you guys get the uh, get the thoughts for it? Uh, well, I guess um, I initially wrote those um, the, uh, that batch of songs like uh, I guess three years ago at this point. Um, so it was um, after um, Ben and I and uh, two other um, members of Pre who used to play uh, with us uh, had come back from this massive, you know, two and a half month tour, and then we did another month um, off of our, our last album, uh, Folly. Uh, so we were pretty burnt out. We all uh, kind of went our separate ways for a while. It's burnt out like an understatement. Uh, <laughs> That's, that seems like I mean, a couple of years. Like, well, I'll put this way. There's two new band members, so yeah. We'll, we'll leave it oh. at, we, can, we can just leave it at that. Yeah. Drama mama. Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of a period of um, repositioning and upheaval. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's good fodder for songwriting and oh, just yeah. questioning everything, uh, every decision you've made in your life and... Um, uh, just yeah, learning how to close some doors, uh, you know, at that, at that point uh, in your life. Uh, so I was definitely going through that at that moment, and so um, then we ended up uh, meeting up with Michael um, in October of I guess what was it 2012, so. thereabouts, uh, and then Ben shortly uh, thereafter um, that following spring. Uh, so uh, we all uh, worked on the instrumentation uh, for Rima. Um, together and really fleshed out the songs, recorded it uh, a couple summers ago um, uh, at uh, Ben's house uh, in D.C. Uh, with um, uh, a local uh, engineer, Peter Larkin. Um, so, yeah, they all they really came together um, and we were able to record them like most the bulk of it in um, a, a house you know, setting. Oh, nice. Um, and then yeah, I just finished it off uh, in a, a studio that Peter was putting together. Mixing, yeah. 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 Um, As the record was getting made, it was pretty much like being being built along with us. So we go to mix it at his at his, you know, at first, which was like the studio that was like a shell that had like a few pieces of gear. No, it started actually, off at his house, right? We convinced him. Yeah, once he got the studio, we convinced him to bring back in the couch that he had put outside because like he. <laughs> He didn't want it anymore. He had, like, left it for the trash. And we were like, yo, this couch is fucking awesome. <laughs> and we need a place to sit while we mix. Yeah. <laughs> and it really just changed the whole sound of the studio when yeah, we brought that yeah. couch back in. We, we mastered everything through the couch. You know? Oh, yeah. We, we re-amped That's, it. Yeah, got that couch screen. filter on it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of money. It's what you're paying for, mostly. Yeah. Um, well, there's just a few coins in the <laughs> Yeah. It gives it that jangle, you know, oh, yeah. pop sound. <laughs> um, from that conflict, um, how do you feel that your songwriting process changed from the, the previous record? Uh, well, it's definitely good uh, to work um, with a limited time frame, which we did have. We were hoping to get it done over the course of a, a summer versus the course of two years, which is how we put the last album together uh, in this sort of like patchwork vibe uh, over the course of like several houses that I lived in in D.C. They all had like uh, just a different... Yeah, they were recorded in different rooms, uh, attics, basements. Uh, so it was good to have a unified sound and being able to work uh, with Ben and Michael. Um, 
to uh, put together uh, something really cohesive. I think is, a, is like, definitely a luxury. Also, but, based on the attitude, like May had a certain attitude with the spirit of the songs that is like really vital to it, and that's what I know as players we were all able to pick up on, and why we kind of like really kind of like dove in deep and each part has its own vibe and attitude and sass just because yeah that's that's what was built into the songs already you know and I, th- I think what also helps is that you know all of us come from really different musical backgrounds and we're not specifically you know you know male come in with a song and then we all have our very different interpretations of what the song might mean or you know lyrically you just never know like when you're in a group of a, and what's really nice about being in this band is it feels like you know, it's a band made up of like four quarters. You know, like that's that's what it is, and mm-hmm. as opposed to like a production-based project, which if you do that, like you can sort of like just one person can like sort of like oversaturate it or something like that. And like, there's a really really nice balance, and, and um, you know, I want to I don't want to say dialogue because it's only two people. But you know, I mean, there's like a conversation happening between the four of us yeah. musically from very very different. We're all from different parts of the country too, which also I think. It comes through in the music. Uh, why don't we hear? Why don't we hear another song then? Cool. Hear that dialogue. That <laughs> dialogue. Uh, what's the name of this one? This one is the dog, also known as dialogue. <laughs>
amazing. Awesome. Fun. Uh, so you guys came down from Northside Fest? We did. Came uh, up. Came up. Came, came up. down. <laughs> Sorry. We're kind of coming down right now. Yeah. It's been a long week. Hello. Where did you guys uh, play? Uh, we played at uh, the living room. Oh, uh, right. So Paper Garden had a, a showcase on Friday night. Shout out to Paper Garden. Mm-hmm. Thanks for yeah. setting us up, guys. Yeah. They, uh, they, they were the ones who reached out to us. Like, can we get these guys on here? So, Aww. I know. And then we played uh, Babies All Right yesterday for... Um, I love that venue. Like a oh, brunch was, party. That was great. Yeah. That, that, I, Place is awesome. Those guys, they've been on the show before. I just love those. I, it's just a great venue. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really, it's like, it's awesome. Yeah. The, the lights there are just are so cool. And the, the way, I don't know, just everything about, everything about it yeah. is great. The food's I, good, too. I don't know if oh, they yeah. had it when you think, but the, the windows behind the bars will sometimes just open up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had, yeah. see straight through. Yeah, yeah. which is the, one of the last... The venue. Uh, before I got sick, I saw Dan Deacon there. Oh, and then, like, wow. the last, like, half of the show, they just had the windows up. So it was, like, the whole... It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Man, that's so crazy. Did, was he like on the floor there? Uh, he was on the stage. stage. Okay. I mean, which I mean, it's not that high of a stage. I think if he'd been on the floor, the capacity of that room would have been cut yeah. in half. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not like when he played like he, he made a compromise or an art. But it, I mean, not much of a compromise. I mean, yeah. it's a, you know, bar- barely. Yeah, because there's like huge bands that play there. I remember like Deer have had like a residency there for yeah, like, I mean, a couple of days. days. Yeah. Those guys have been booking for a long time, and I think like the unfortunate. I mean, the unfortunate thing about all of our venues being shut down in that area is that they get all those bookings. Not yeah, I mean it's great for them, but it's but it's like it kind of funnels, and a lot of the people who were booking those venues are funneling to them as well. So it's kind yeah. of like all these amazing promoters and this amazing venue are all coming together. So like the fans, I mean, we lost those venues, but they also kind of win for seeing bands of that size in that venue. So yeah. So yeah. why are things getting shut down in that uh, area? Gen- I, mean, I mean, all the buildings, like so, um, like uh, Glasslands and Death by Audio, were, were actually all in like the same building. Yeah. And just a lot of Zebulon for avant-garde oh, jazz. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a lot of those places. I mean, it's like a classic story of just all those places being sold. It's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but they're, you know, they're all moving out more into like deeper into Brooklyn. Some of them. Like that. Some, of them, some, some of them are just gone. I mean, that's just yeah, the way it goes. Glasslands and Death Bad are especially sad because, I mean, just uh, like Glasslands, I, I just love Yeah, Glasslands are loved. Venue. Glasslands broke, broke, broke my heart. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we were just at Palisades yesterday, which I know it's like in a different part, and that, I really liked that space but that's But that's the thing. It's like people are like, I, not to say like Brooklyn said, but you have Transpico, you have Palisades, yeah. which are like when you go there, like this is exactly what Glasslands felt like when it opened. It's just mm-hmm. like it's just not easy for the people who are writing, or they don't want to go to Ridgewood. I mean, yeah. I, I remember going to Glasslands when it first opened, and it was part squat, part just like wood plywood, just nothing. It was like it was like how is this a venue? But it reminded me of Stalag Thirteen back in Philly, like yeah. back in the day. Or Which when was, they didn't have AC at Glasslands, and you'd go to summer shows there, and you'd walk Ooh. up the door, and you could just like feel the heat, and you like before you even walked in, you were like, "I'm already like sweating," and you're just like, "Okay." Did you guys ever go to the Anthenaeum in Philly? It was a South Philly venue that was run by like some of the dudes from uh, like drums, like Machine Guns, and like it was like 30 kids in this huge warehouse. Oh, I went to a show there. No, and I saw a lightning bolt there when like oh probably in, like two. It was unbelievable. Still, like one of the the most like. Insane. Life infirming being like this is what like this is what I want to do with my life. I want to just like be sweaty. Be sweaty and be disgusting and have rust and like falling into my mouth and that's ceiling rust. so what's the rest of the summer hold for all of you? Uh touring, hanging, Jersey Shore? What are we doing? (laughs) Well we just got back from a big tour. So like this New York trip is kind of the tail end of of our record release tour. Yeah, we've been on the road for like We did a big loop through the US. Um, so, and it's 
probably it's like the it's the sixth tour that sixth we've tour fifth we've or sixth tour that we've done in like within four or five a calendar maybe, year. Yeah. So we're actually gonna take a little bit of a break, kind of hang out. Ben and I are gonna uh, the two Bens are gonna <laughs> work on another project that's going on tour in August and September. So yeah, so we'll, um, we'll be back here uh, in yeah. in August. But I mean, it's but I think like you know kind of like, filter just like last time. I guess we're gonna like filter out what's happened in the last year and <laughs> and, and write some new songs. By Will you all be year. back in August then? Well, Brer, <laughs> yeah, Brer is our other band. Well, Ben and I will be back. Bearing in mind that we haven't eaten each other and killed each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, we were talking. So we 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 recorded a single um, in Louisiana, and we're we're hoping to release that at some point this year. And then I know at the end of the year we want to make an EP. That's like our our loose. That's not yeah. like a loose plans. That's, we, that's we, our, our rough idea. We, then, I mean, you did say it on internet radio, so we'll try not to hold you to it as banned by legal law. But <laughs> well, yeah, I know it, the, the, the internet's a strong thing. It's yeah. fine because no one's listening, so no one will hold you accountable. <laughs> what about all those cats on the internet? They, yeah. Some of them are listening. Uh, right. My uh, my coordinator is a huge fan, so I got to shout her out because Allie says hi. Oh, yeah. hi Allie. Yeah. Hi Allie. Um, well, thank you so much. We want to make sure that we have time for one song. Yeah, cool. Uh, I personally want to thank Liz and everyone here before I move off to LA tomorrow. Wait, Darren's oh, Darren. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But don't worry, we got some plans. I mean, I'll probably be back for a couple shows over the summer and. They have put a handheld recorder. Like four more this summer. A handheld recorder in my hand, so I can start like talking to LA chefs and things like that. And Liz, you're always welcome to stay on our, my couch with Anna and I. Shout out to Anna. Who I'm going to see you tomorrow. Shout out to Berlin Summers. Berlin Summers. Yeah. Berlin Summers. What a yeah. great name. Yeah. Oh, that's a good name for a band. That's a good name for an, for uh, an album. That's yeah. it. That's the next. That's the EP. Yeah. Berlin Summers. Uh, and, where, and where can people find you? Information, records, EPs, side projects, former band members. Former band members. House shows. Uh, yeah. We're on Spotify. That's the mm-hmm. most easy. We have a band camp, which is just, is it just pre-music? Pre.bandcamp.com. Uh, we're on, if you can imagine it, we're on Facebook. Ooh. That's funny. It's mm-hmm. a thing. I think yeah. there's, there's a twit. There's a Twitter. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. all the major suspects. Yeah. Free music, uh, yeah. if you guys and, are looking for it. Yeah, yeah. I'll help you out here. And, uh, yeah, and then um, yeah, we're we're also hoping to spend like a lot of our time coming up here more often too. So cool. We'll eat all so your close. pizza. Uh, okay, sounds great. Uh, what's this last one called? Uh, cloak. All right. This well, is the new. This is the single we recorded. Gotcha. Darren, time. safe travels out to LA. Thank you. Thank you to everyone. Um, that's it. It's that's it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. You're you're like the uh, Oscar music playing me out, right? He's <laughs> gonna play Your last you out. Session? Yeah. No, I mean that's the thing. It's not even my last session. Yeah, just, so it's, it's I'm just changing my zip code. Yeah. So dramatic. I know. I know. So dramatic. Thank so, you. Someone agrees with me. Oh finally. my god. Okay. Let's do this. Free. Take us out. <laughs> take us out. Thanks for coming by. Yeah. Hey. Thanks for having us. Oh, and thanks to Marcus Samuelson for coming by as well.
this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.